try that one more time. Vintage. Today we're talking about what we do after the scans on that vintage lens. It's always been my belief that you can't build a successful future without knowledge of the past. At That Vintage Lens, we're doing just that, refining our craft and building our skills in this visual art by learning from photographers and with equipment past. So join us on our little adventures as we chat about film photography in the modern age. You might learn something. I know we will. Vintage. 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 Vintage lenses. All right, hey everyone, and welcome to That Vintage Lens. We are talking today about what we do with our photographs after we scan them, after we've got that digital file, or once we've got those negatives back. What do we do? I'm here um, in New Haven with Daniel Gebert and Cody Hilliard. <laughs> yeah. I almost had a brain fart there and, <laughs> and said Andy. I was like, as much as we miss Andy today, he is not here with us. Um, okay, so we're talking about what we do with our pictures after we get the scans back, after we get the, the photos developed. We're not talking about that process today because that's going to be a different episode. Yeah. Um, we'll make sure Andy's here for that because he, he does a lot of his own scanning too. I burn everything. You burn everything. Just put it... I get you, rid of everything. You you format the hard drive yeah, that I you get I format the hard drive and delete. I burn all my negatives. Great. Well, I want to hear more about that. But first, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about what we've been up to since the last episode. So, Daniel? So, I bought a camera... Okay. No, oh, sorry, I, t- I stole Brandon's spot. Oh, oh, uh, gotcha. So I am I am looking at which Fuji GW690 I'm going to buy. Gotcha. Mm, no, um, I don't know, it's not really, we have nothing. So what did we do last night? We went out and shot a bunch. Yeah, and- so so we, we went out uh, last night. And we were shooting some some pictures and also shooting some footage mm-hmm. for potentially a new intro for the for the channel. And yeah. uh, that's oh, going to be super fun it to looks put together. So it, was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it's always fun to do um, to kind of mix your job and your passion, mm-hmm. right? and mm-hmm. especially when your job is also your passion. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. getting the cinema camera out with the film cameras and stuff was. Was it a was real different. treat, and then like passing it off oh, to yeah. each other, it was cool. Yeah, it yeah. was a, it was a fun time, and uh, I've been shooting with the Fuji, just keeping it digital. Yeah, um, and uh, giving film just a break until I can kind of fully jump back into that film mm-hmm. world. Yeah. So for context, um, we are still in New Haven. This is actually the third or fourth episode in a row that we've been in New Haven, partly because um, for work, we are cinematographers, and one of our largest clients is based out of New Haven, Connecticut. So we are um, out here again uh, trying to um, you know, keep masked up throughout this. Uh, we're still in the middle of COVID, yep. um, so, um, but we do have some free time in the evenings because there's not much else to do right now. Nope. Um, so, you know, we're, we're trying to pick up the podcast as much as we can and get some more episodes out there. So it's been, uh, you know, an entire 24 hours since our last <laughs> podcast recording of a different topic. So that's why there hasn't been much that's been done here. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, Cody, anything in particular? Yeah. I mean, I'm shooting on that Nikon N90S enjoying that life. Um, what lens yeah. do you have on there right now? I have the Nikon AIS 50 mil. I don't know that it's 1. AIS. 4. I think it might be pre-AI. I think no, so. No, it's AIS. Is it is AIS? It? Yeah. yeah. You sure? Okay. Yeah. I'm All pretty right. sure. <laughs> it, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty old lens. Yeah, so it's, no. It's got a cool little purpley look to it. Yeah. You know, to the yeah. front element. But, yeah, um, yeah no. Been enjoying that. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, now I'm questioning whether or not it's AIS. It's, I don't know. It's pre-AI. Is it? Yeah. I don't think so. It's pretty old. I mean, that's that's the AI. I want to say the AIS had the rubber focus ring. Yeah, I think you're right because I've got uh, Spirit Juice has an AIS, and I we've also got one like yours, and I'm pretty sure the AI or the pre-AI it's, it's with the coatings. Uh, it has a lot, it has more to do with some of the mechanics of the like the way that it conveys to the camera. That's what the AIS looks like got the rubber on it. Okay. So, so I've been shooting but, with a Nikon. <laughs> let, me re- let me redo that then. No, but it's good though um, because it's an old lens on like a '90s camera yeah. or or early 90s, early 2000s. Um, I think '90s. Yeah, film camera. So it's a nice. It's kind of a nice juxtaposition between the. Okay. No, Nick or S, which is pre AI. Nice. Okay. That's an old, even older. When's that from? 1966 to 1974. Dang. Wow. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So shooting with a 60 lens, 60s lens on the Nikon N90s. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoying that life. Quite a combo. It's interesting because it's it's a it's a an electronic camera with a lot of of. Uh, uh, modern benefits to it with mm. like you know auto auto load auto rewind and all of that I mean autofocus autofocus but you don't use it for the autofocus which is like the primary reason I feel like people would use that particular yeah. camera yeah yeah so I mean auto exposure did I tell you how I got that camera no um so actually the my dad works for a police department did work for a police department he just recently retired he got it in a drug bus didn't he but <laughs> Well, no, (laughs) no. So they were actually getting rid of some old detective gear and that camera was used to shoot like scenes, crime scenes, crime scenes. Yeah. And so the camera came with like a a big rig for a flash and a bunch of other types of things and like little uh, evidence folders. That's so cool. Yeah. And so I got it in like this big green case and... We typically are pretty clean on this show, but that's, that is badass, man. That, that, is, that, is, that is really cool. cool. I didn't, know I, I didn't yeah. share that with you guys. But, um, yeah, they were throwing it out, and he's like, my boy would like that. My, I'm like, you know what? I would. I, yeah. <laughs> I feel my like boy. we need to hear your dad now to know what his actions are. My boy would really appreciate that. <laughs> that is not what his dad sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's very, uh, um, he's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool that he did that. No, kinda, I like, know. I know. Kept it. Um, it's got some history there, I'm sure. Cause it, cause yeah. then the question is how, I mean, I guess they would have picked it up probably when it was new. Yeah. So it's probably been there for 40, 50 years. It's kind of spooky. Wait, the lens or the camera? No, the camera. Oh, the I camera. thought you meant the lens. No, no, no. The lens. Gotcha. That's okay. impressive. Well, no, eh. we, <laughs> maybe 1% less impressive. <laughs> okay, it's still, yeah. it's still cool. Cause there's still a lot of history to that camera. No, yeah. Right. That's um, sweet. But yeah, yeah if it no, were the, the lens I got off of eBay. Oh, okay. <laughs> which, which the reason I mixed it up with the AIS was because I got a 20, 24, 28 mil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's on. Who knows? Maybe that lens is also shot dead bodies. You Possibly. Ne- you never know. He bought it from yeah. another police department. He's actually so bought combining. it from the Italian mob. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's, um, that's so where I've gotten half of my cameras. <laughs> Brandon, <laughs> what, are, what have you been up to? Well, this is, this is, uh, this might be history here. Because I have no new cameras uh, in the last 24 hours. Wait, so like, <laughs> so so you, but you've bought new cameras that just haven't shown up yet. No, have not, have not even purchased new cameras within the last 24 but hours. They're like in your shopping cart though. No, no, I, I'm putting a hold on that. We're okay. Yeah. Um, You're the, looking at bikes though. 
I was looking at bikes, but not with like an impending like, oh, I'm going to pick this up soon. Welcome to that vintage sprockets. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we'll just have a sister show soon and it'll be all about one of these days. I mean, we need to do more with uh, like photography bike trips. That would be a really cool thing to do. Photography trips in general, like combining two loves, like biking and photography and like off-roading and photography, motorcycling. Yeah. Yeah. my, My wife would never let me. Be on a motorcycle. As you said, we'll she would shoot put you, first. We'll just yeah. put you on the back. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know that that would work. Well. <laughs> that wouldn't be much well, better. Well, we have to have some kind of vehicle to like bring like food and like the like big tents or something like it's that. True. So. Yeah. It's true. Just overland. Yeah. So let's take the forerunner out. Yeah. We so. really should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, there hasn't been that much that is, has changed for me in the last 24 hours. We did go out and film... And, uh, and shoot a little bit uh, last night in the, uh, what is it, like an abandoned supermarket or something? That's, Who knows what it they're is. They're actually doing work over there right yeah, now. Yeah, it's really odd. It's next to our hotel. We're staying in, in uh, just outside New Haven in West Haven. And we just look out the window on this like abandoned supermarket. And there are there's a spray paint over the door that just says enter here. And so we went over there and like, no way this is unlocked. Yeah. Sure enough. No, I mean, they're like three <laughs> ways in. Yeah. Um, and so just, uh, went over there and, um, the light, I mean, it was golden hour sunset yeah. last night. So, uh, shot Beautiful. a little bit on the red and, Beautiful. uh, it's yeah. hard, it's hard to make things look bad on a camera like that, but this stuff looked particularly good. Oh yeah. 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 No, it really did. The, the particles in the air and the way that the light was shining through the windows and it's nice. It's a fun uh, time. Yeah. So you're Peter Pan for a second with that shadow on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. That's what it reminds Got me. some shadow shots. That was pretty cool. So, so what are we talking um, about today, Brandon? Okay. So yeah, back to, uh, back to topic. So we are chatting today about what we're doing after what we do with our photos after we get the scans back. So we've sent them off or we've developed them ourselves. We've scanned them ourselves, whatever. Now we've got that file and we have that, uh, that negative sitting there. So what do we do? You know? Yeah. There's a lot of different ways that your, 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 um, photography can have like it's, it's home, I guess. Mm -hmm. Is it going to live online Mm -hmm. primarily? Mm -hmm. Is it going to live in a book? exclusively is it going to live in a in a print that you give to someone as a gift you know there's a lot of different places that they can live Mm -hmm. and cody just burns all his cody just puts his in a box and then microwaves it i guess yeah and uh (laughs) and so i think it for me it definitely depends on what i'm shooting and what i'm shooting on Mm -hmm. and it, it really changes a lot but there's a couple of different things that i i go to and i i there's, you know, there's places that I put it online. There's places that I put it in, in like some sort of physical form, whether it's print mm-hmm. or whatnot. So mm. I'm curious to see, Cody, you were talking about scrapbooking earlier. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, what do you mean by that? Well, growing up, my mom always scrapbooked. She was always taking pictures. Like friends. I mean, she gave me the Canon A1 program. Um, and so I've always been around that kind of I guess, lifestyle, Mm -hmm. you know, you take a picture, you put it in a book and you put it on the shelf and then you pull it off 10 years from now and look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've always been attracted to that, that kind of like familial nostalgia. Mm -hmm. And and so I actually, I started categorizing my photos into loved and the unloved. Okay. And so the unloved, which are the ones that I don't necessarily share with people, I put into a scrapbook. Gotcha. And so I kind of separate it out so I can go back to the shelf and go, ah, these are the ones I didn't like. Interesting. 
That's yeah, every really night he hears crying from the bookshelf, and it's just, just all the unloved photos. <laughs> yeah. No, but... Um, just hug me. <laughs> Put a blanket <laughs> on me. <laughs> so, that, and Casey, my, my fiancé, helps, like, helps me go through some of those sometimes, yeah. and she'll put them in the scrapbook for me. That's really so, fun. So, yeah, no, it's, it's really cool to have, you know, a loved one help you out with that. Mm. But, um, yeah, because yeah, so my, my mom always scrapbooked, too. Well, she didn't always scrapbook. I feel like she used to do a lot more with rubber stamping. Um, I knew I, I was into that at one point too. Knew way too much about making custom cards and rubber stamping and all of that. Yeah, um, today on that vintage stamp. Yes, another offshoot. Um, <laughs> Wait, we will not do. No, no. But she, so she did that for years, and then kind of got into scrapbooking. And then uh, my wife actually does it too. So okay, yeah. uh, they'll actually get together sometimes in scrapbook, but, uh, oh, that's so cool. yeah. So, and, and I would say, um, I would say probably 50% at least of the photos that go in and my wife's scrapbook are ones that I've taken. Yeah. Um, okay. she doesn't take as many photos. Um, that's typically my department. Uh, she thinks Do I you take... let her use any of your cameras. So, yeah. She's actually got a film camera. Um, she goes through about a roll a year and, okay. um, <laughs> You know, but it's something. She also something she does a lot more frequently. She's got uh, she does the Fuji Instax. So um, mm-hmm. for a while, it was the only Leica that we had, but it's the the Leica Sofort, mm-hmm. the um, the the little one that's it basically takes Fuji Instax film, mm-hmm. um, but it's got a little bit of a better lens and it just looks cooler and it's okay. you know way more street cred. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. she shoots with that um, and takes a lot more photos on that on vacations. So she tends to take the instant stuff. I have some instant cameras, but I don't travel with them as much. Yeah. And then um, so, what kind of albums do you guys get? Um, so she tends to get fairly large ones. I mean, they're, they're probably at least 12 by 12. Okay, I, I don't yeah. know the exact size, but I, I, they're bigger Just than 12 by 12. Album books. Yeah, they're big. I mean, I would even say closer to 16 by 16 okay. in terms of size. So they're like big, big albums. That's fun. Does she, does she do like the like titles for each page yeah yeah she's also she breaks it up based on on time period so like we have one that's just of uh like we have a a high school one we've got um like a college one then like our early dating years and then um yeah we've known each other for a long time so like we're heavily in like both of us are heavily in the books it's not like she had her you know high school years and then i had my high school years it's kind of we're both throughout i mean we've known each other since we were 11 so um there aren't many fun things that have been done without the other person um that's really cool yeah Yeah. so so now she kind of she's got one for like finn's first two years and then stuff like that so sweet yeah i I, i do not scrapbook but you guys are talking about it and I'm immediately thinking, what a great idea to prefab a photo book. Oh, yeah. Buy a scrapbook, mm-hmm. print off, you know, I have a six by, what is it? A, that's like a five by seven or like a four by six printer or something that I just print off photos just just so I can see mm-hmm. my images before I, if I eventually send them off to like eight by 10 or like 17 by whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell I print a lot. <laughs> I know the dimensions like uh by heart um but the this the idea of like put, slipping images into a scrapbook and then the pre yeah, kind of pre-visualizing your layout mm-hmm. and what images make the cut and what images don't mm. yeah. is definitely something that i'm going to do right after this you know, it's <laughs> that's a really good idea it's yeah. interesting for me because i have a i have a love-hate relationship with scrapbooks because on one hand they are they're a great way to kind of you know write notes in there about the, the particular trip and all yeah. of that but on the other hand it is very counter to my uh, 
my feeling about a lot of the images where I'm like, I, I want only the best images going in yeah. and I want like, I don't, I don't know. There's a certain level of perfection that I want with my printed images because especially coming from the digital side, like the ones that I print are the ones I really, really like. Mm. Uh, not just the ones that are like, oh, this was from a really fun trip, but like, no, no, no. I want the ones that I would frame on a wall going, okay. you know, in there. And so there's a certain level of imperfection that kind of turns me off a little bit of scrapbooking. It shouldn't. It just, I don't know. It's how my mind works. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I do really like looking through them. Yeah. It's just hard. I mean, it's, well, the one the ones that I would print and like put on a wall, I do. Mm-hmm. But there's something about having a book dedicated to the ones that you don't. Yeah, it's, that's a really you good know? idea. You know, it's a really it's, good idea. It's like it's still a form of appreciation for something that you've done. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's kind of a self love thing, I think. For me. yeah, yeah. At least like acknowledging yeah. the, the process. For me, I think I'd I'd lean a lot more toward like a, a very uh, cultivated photo book yeah Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. my end something that uh you know is one maybe maybe two images per page or it's a collage on a page but like generally speaking it's much more particular about what's going in um but at the same at the same time for me because i i am very much there with you that i would want a very curated assortment of like my work that is you know either about a specific topic or covers um, a specific event or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a lot. It's sometimes so much effort that I am scared to start Yeah. or I'm like, well, you know, is this actually a good enough idea to even to re- really commit myself to it? Am I going to go make more images for this body of work or not? A lot of time and energy. It's so, a lot of time and energy printed to paper. Yeah. So yeah. something that it's kind of an intermediate, even if it's just the, the photos that don't make the cut, it's just something that you can kind of put a very, fairly small amount of effort into and you get something back from it is mm-hmm. i feel like that's a very important intermediate that i currently don't have yeah, yeah. that i think could fit well into my my workflow mm-hmm. so brandon when you get your images back from richard or darkroom or whomever is scan them for you mm-hmm. um do you get six by f- uh, six by four prints uh-uh. back i don't okay no i typically so there's a, a great place there's a place that I really like to send my photos. It's called Aspen Creek Photo. Um, okay. And they do, theirs aren't printed. Theirs are, at least the one, if you choose the right ones, they're actual photographic paper yeah. that is exposed. And they've okay. got some fantastic uh, photo paper stocks there. Um, I've gotten some large, like, panoramic shots that I've taken printed there. And, it, I mean, anything from, like, they have metallic papers that just oh, have a, cool. enough of a sheen to them, and but they're photographic papers, so they're not printed. It's it's that's just how the image is read onto that. It they're gorgeous, and I don't know. There's something about it that, I mean, I've got a good photo printer at home, so I can print stuff there too. So it feels a little bit to me of a waste to send stuff off to get. Sure. Maybe maybe a waste is a strong word. Yeah. Because it's not a waste, but it's it's harder for me to send stuff off or get a ton of prints in, and um. I don't know. It, for me, printing is a very deliberate thing. Yeah, it, it has True. to. It's it's my the, which is why I don't tend to get them alongside, the photos uh, that I get developed or like the scans and all of that because, um, I, I have a I have a pretty high hit rate I would say in terms of which photos like when I'm shooting film photography how many I like but at the same time, even if you get like pocket sized. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the thing is like, I don't have too many ways that I use those right now. And so all they'd be doing is sitting in a box with the negatives, you know? And so 
But then when your kid comes across I know. that box. I know. It's true. Years after. And, and I still get stuff printed. It's just not all of it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I just got 15 rolls printed or a fi- sorry, 15 rolls developed um, last week. Mm. And that's a lot. Of, that would be a lot of printing. I, well, that's the thing. Yeah. You know, if it would make more sense for my wife to do it because she shoots like a roll a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm not as I don't shoot nearly as much as some people do, but I still shoot enough. Right. And some of them I'm like, no, I that's specifically shot for going online or for printing at large or something like that. So yeah. typically what I do is I have folders of like my my favorite photos um, that I'll drag stuff over into and like print a bunch mm. at a time. So I still get prints, just not as frequently going online. Yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah. You told me one time, Daniel, that. And I don't know if you still believe this or not. Probably not. But you, you had <laughs> told should, me yeah. that you feel like images don't matter. They feel like they don't matter unless they're in a book. Yeah. I think I maybe still believe that maybe to a lesser, less extreme extent. Mm-hmm. Still, very mm-hmm. much. I mean, you just scroll on Instagram and the stuff that shines or the stuff that gets your attention are things that are typically very sensational. There's a lot of color. Mm-hmm. In, there's something to be said about images that stand alone, right? Covers of magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, any of the work from like the great Magnum photographers of old and the current ones. But there's also something to be said about images that really only make sense in a series. Mm-hmm. And that tends to be how my mind works because I'm used to putting sequences together for film, for, mm-hmm. for motion picture, right? I'm used to editing this this goes here this goes here for context this is my detail yep this is who is that who the detail is about and this is why this whole sequence matters because when you put it together you get you know this person going fishing or the this sum person is, is, is doing. greater than the the value absolutely of the yeah absolutely so my my brain tends to work like that and so when i when i buy photo books and stuff and i just can ingest that and like take it in as a as a complete work it speaks so much more to me than just looking yeah. at what even the best Instagram picture I've ever seen. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just like some handsome person on a mountain. It's mm-hmm. like, whatever, you that's know, very, cool boots, bro. That's very funny that you bring that up because my mind works very similarly. I just do it a little bit differently. So I do post Instagram pretty frequently. I think all of us post Instagram in some fashion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my reasons for that are because I know that since I primarily shoot film at this point, um, you know, I, I don't have digital images that I'm sharing with people that are showing them what what's going on in my life. And I do have lots of, of friends that will follow, whether it's Facebook or Instagram. So that's my way of sharing a little bit of my life with them. Sure. But from a and, and also, I think, to share a little bit of the joy of film photography, because there yeah. are definitely those photos that you share on Instagram. And even with all the compression and everything, people are like, dang, the colors or the composition or yeah. you know, the way that the film interprets all of that is just different than digital. Yeah. Um, what I prefer to do, honestly, with my with the photos that I really like, is to put them on something like Flickr or 500px, mm. where it, it's much less compression. You're seeing the full image, and you're seeing it in a way that you can blow it up on a, on a large screen and really take the whole thing in. Yeah. But what keeps me away from using those is their organization of the photos. It's bad. I want something that is more of a traditional organization method of folders or like the way that you would use like Finder on a Mac or, you know, um, 
different albums you can put yeah. together. And not just like random yeah. albums, but like, hey, these are my travel ones. And within oh, that, yeah. here are yeah, a bunch yeah, of albums. Yeah. Here are my family portraits. And within those, I can have different things. Partly because of that context that you're talking about. Yeah. The way that most of those work is you, and some of them have, they have varying levels of, uh, you know, organization, but they don't function quite as much like a photo book or even if you can make an individual photo book um you can't make too many of them otherwise those all get jumbled up and so i kind of want people to know what they're getting into and i want to be able to organize them in a way that you can go through and you can see the progression of hey this was christmas morning you know Mm -hmm. and my son who is now old enough to understand what's going on opening up presents and things like that or hey this is this was our trip to Poland, and this is the progression of you know kind of a digital version of a scrapbook. Kind of, yeah, yeah. It's kind of in that range, but it just annoys me that a lot of those places don't have the level of. um, I kind of want it to be organized a little bit like Dropbox, where I can have Mm. multiple layers, and a lot of them don't. And and you get the sharing aspect of the five hundred. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Uh, showing my age here, I do not use Flickr or five hundred px. I just use Reddit. Sure. And I've talked about this mm. in the past. Like, I really, really like this the the subreddit r slash analog mm-hmm. and r slash analog community, and a lot, some you know some of the comedy pages about film photography as well. Um, and I I like the anonymity of it. Mm-hmm. I like that no one can like trace it back to who I am. It's just like these photos stand for themselves. Yeah. And I often will post kind of pseudo collages where I put I'm putting together a couple images that make a whole story mm-hmm. and. You know, it goes all over the place on Instagram or even on on Flickr or whatever. If there's a famous photographer and they have a lot of followers, it's pretty pretty regular. If they post a photograph, it's going to get a certain number of likes, whatever they're used to on that page. But on Reddit, if you post an image that just is just a good photograph, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if that's your first picture or if it's your 10,000th picture, if it does well, it does well. Yeah. And mm-hmm. your follow-up image may not. It may get four likes. But, man, the ones that sing really sing. They yeah. have thousands of upvotes or whatever. But it is interesting that I feel like Instagram has taken at least a step toward that. And well, so Maybe. There, are different, there are different ways because I feel like some of them do different things. 500px, if I remember correctly, there are... Like if you start getting more likes, it'll start boosting it similar so gotcha. that more and more people see it. So it can be like on, I don't know the terminology, Trending, use, like on fire or likes something like that. can be so encouraging, but also so discouraging as yeah. well. Well, if that's what well, you're basing your success as a photographer well, yes, on, then yes. you're, you're best in fail. But I mean, how can, how can you not? I mean, you're putting it on a platform where people are like rating it. Yeah. Like there's, there's obviously going to be implications of yeah. like mm-hmm. your work and how you feel about it. Yes, Yes, and I'm going to say that's why I don't Instagram anymore. And that's why I don't like it. Yeah, it's, I, 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 it's the one thing that re- the Reddit community does that Instagram doesn't, and mm. if the anonymity goes with it, is even if I get a photograph with six upvotes, and it's maybe a photograph of a car or mm-hmm. something. Um, I typically downvote your photos. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, now I know what that's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> so even if a photograph gets 12 upvotes or three upvotes, it will typically have about that many comments. Yeah. It's, and it's people just being like, dude, I love this composition. Mm-hmm. Or like, hey, man, this isn't getting a lot of traction, but like, 
damn, I love those colors mm-hmm. or whatever it is, you know, and that means so much more to me. It's not just someone saying more yes com- or no. Yeah, it's more community. It's like, Hey, this aspect of your image really mm. speaks to me. Mm-hmm. Keep doing more of this. Cause I like it, you know, yeah. and that is, it's more than just, I approve or disapprove. It's, it's, you know, it's got that personal touch to it, even though it's an anonymous website. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's yeah. why I like Reddit. And that's, yeah. you know, but it does not scratch the itch of like, this is where the photo deserves to live. Yeah. It's got a, it's, you know, a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. is destined to live on a wall. Somewhere yeah. And I, I feel like that's always, that is the, one of the biggest things with photographers, the, one of the biggest struggles I feel like is, is finding that balance between getting your work out and getting it seen, but also doing it in a way that, that holds true to the art itself. Yeah. Because you can do it the Instagram way, which everybody sees it, you know, if you got lots of followers and whatnot but at mm-hmm. the same time i feel like it's one of the lowest forms of that of photography art yeah. because yeah not only is everybody doing it but it's such a cultivated thing where it's all about it it is all a, at this point i would say 95 percent of it is just about getting your likes up and your followers up mm-hmm. it's not about staying true to the art. there are some people that do and you can find famous photographers who have like 200 followers mm-hmm. but they're still staying true to that but, but that's very counter what Instagram is set up, the way that you are supposed to succeed yeah. on Instagram. Well, also, Instagram doesn't make money from people who are talented. They make right. money from people who are popular. Right. But um, the the Instagram, it, my interpretation of the Instagram kind of philosophy is everyone's work is seen by everyone, but it's experienced the actual work is experienced by very, very few. Mm-hmm. Whereas on Reddit, it's experienced by very few, but uh, or rather it's seen by very few, but it's experienced very deeply by those few, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like they actually are analyzing and like kind of letting that photograph kind of ruminate. Yeah. You know? And, mm-hmm. and, and even, even more so in, in print media. Yeah. I mean, well, cause the other extreme of that, of Instagram is, is a photo gallery. Yeah. Where you've yeah. got, you know, yeah. large printed and, and my wife has actually been part of a couple. She was a photography major in school, um, which is a little bit funny because she <laughs> she had I mean, she was shooting Hasselblads and Mamiya's and all of that way before I was. But she hated it because it was a school assignment. Okay. And so it was oh. just, you know, you, you get into it and she was like, this is just not like studio photography wasn't where her her mind and her love was. Um, but yeah, she I mean, we still have some of her large, you know, 24 by 36 prints of, oh. of medium format That's stuff. Great. I would love um, to have an exhibition. Yeah, that would be yeah. really cool. I've never I've never actually had something like that, but it yeah, would be same. One of my goals for 2020, like my f- main photography goal was to either have an exhibition or a book or both. And COVID I, threw a wrench into yeah, that. Yeah. We should look though. But in I all still really want to do that. In all seriousness, we should look at having a, that vintage lens exhibition of some sort. Oh, that would be fantastic. so. Like ev- everybody yeah. has a wall and, yeah. and some sort of space. Yeah. Um, we should look into that. Do I know. I already. Really cool. I can give you a list of spaces that I've looked into in the past. Okay. So. There we go. Let's yeah. let's move forward with that. We'll yeah. have to keep everyone updated on when when that is and where it is because we have so many people that listen to this podcast and <laughs> thousands millions almost but of, they experience it very deeply yes. yes i would like to think i would like to think that despite the fact that we don't have you know some of the numbers of you know some of the other podcasts or whatever else that we actually have some devoted listeners i would like to think that so, I, yeah i we'll know see. that i know that to be true yeah so um okay so you have the other you have the other side of things which is uh you know an exhibition and and so there's there are varying degrees within there, and I feel like people kind of um, 
they fit into they, they kind of go one direction or the other they either mm. loathe instagram and really want something more like an exhibition or like heavy printed stuff or they do a little bit of both they share a bunch of stuff to instagram and then do a much more curated form for like prints and things like that sure. i don't know I, I mean yeah. i can't say oh everyone fits into one of two camps but i feel like there's a there are wide ranges and and a lot of people will fit into one or the other yeah because i would venture to say that the majority of film photographers these days don't have exhibitions. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's definitely something that I aspire to do. I like. I want. I want to have an exhibition. I want to get huge prints. Yeah. And you know, like I was talking about in the other podcast, you know, there's something about large format where you can just like dive into the photo and get up super close and say, "Wow, that was a detail that I wouldn't have seen otherwise." Yeah. Um. And so on Instagram, there's I. I've like debated taking down photos because I'm like, ah, this is something that I feel like I want to show somewhere else. Yeah. And I feel like because it's now on a platform such as Instagram, it takes away from the value of the image. It's a disservice. And yeah, it's a disservice and to to kind of increase or, or make your images as uh, desirable to, to view and to, to sit in on you've got to you've got to leave it in one area and that yeah. is a gallery see right. i i kind of treat instagram a little bit like um what do they call it when the, your your contact sheet mm-hmm. that you get back that has all the all the different mm-hmm. images on it that's kind of how i treat it instagram okay. yeah. it's like this is this mm. is your preview of the images you want to sure. see it you know i'll i'll post a lot of them to some other place that's higher quality but mm. um or if i'm close enough i'll just send you the picture so you can take a look at it so that's that's how I kind of see it is yeah. like I can't tell you how many intro. people I've come across and I'm like they they say, Oh, are you on Instagram? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I am and I show them and right and now they can see my some of my work. And so having that quick accessibility to mm-hmm. my images, I mean it's kinda nice. But I, I just I see the casual photo everyone's a photographer these days, right? And um <laughs> Everyone's got an Instagram and it's really somewhat frustrating to me that um, the, the, the general vibe for a lot of people is that Instagram is where photos live. That is the final destination. Mm-hmm. And that th- there's not really a reason for it to go any further than that. If I can see Cody's Instagram, why would I ever go to a gallery? I can see them exactly. on my phone. Yeah. And it's the same kind of uh, the direct comparison that I can uh, make to it is like if you go to a Best Buy and you buy a flat screen TV and you just use the built in speakers, Mm. you're like, well, why would I buy a sound system? It has speakers in the TV. And then, you know, you go to a friend's house and they have like a 5.1 Dolby system and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is different. This Mm -hmm. is a different experience. Like this is not even comparably the same kind of music listening or audio experience. It's it's the same thing, right? Like, it it is a little bit more pretentious, perhaps going to a gallery and really like looking at a, an image um, for an hour or whatever. Yeah. It, but it, it is it's and it's not made for everyone. Not everyone can have that kind of patience. But it's frustrating that those things are sometimes just completely discounted by people who call themselves photographers. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sad. almost, it's if you don't have an Instagram, if you say you're a photographer and you don't have an Instagram, it's like, well, you're not a real photographer. Yeah, which is kind of the opposite. Yeah, it is. That makes me think of two things, though, because one of them is just on the funny side. It makes me think of uh, um, the Office episode where Michael 
goes out into the wilderness and then oh comes my back. Gosh, classic. And he's like, why? I don't need to go out into the wilderness to have great views. I've got the greatest view right here. And turns his computer monitor and it's like a picture of the mountains. Yeah. And then he's like, I've got the freshest air available. Air conditioning. Like, it's just, it's, it, it that's what it made me think of. Yes. It's mm. just a great moment. Um, but it also makes me think about how, you know, we, we get, uh, I, I think as a society these days, um, we give people with cell phones a really bad name and that it's like, oh, they're always behind their phones, always reading something on their phones and all of that. But in, in the 50s, it was just newspapers. Yeah. You know, you look at old pictures of news, uh, old pictures from the 50s and sure, people didn't have phones, but they weren't that much more. I mean, maybe a bit more. I mean, social. eventually that newspaper ends. That is you true. Know, there's only so many pages in a newspaper. That is true. So I would say, I'm, I'm not saying that it's unless a direct thing. Unless you're really bad at crosswords, then yeah. it never ends. But I mean, like, more people <laughs> more people were reading, more people were doing yeah. things like that. It was just yeah, a different yeah, yeah. form. Yeah. And so it's not like people were monumentally more social than they are now. It was just a different form. And I think it's a little bit similar with, like back then, it's not like every person went into an art gallery to look at photographers' 100%. pictures. Um, there were just other forms that they took, whether it was magazines or whatnot, yeah. which some people might argue that, you know, looking at a photograph in a magazine isn't the same as a gallery because it's a really small print and, mm-hmm. and you're not getting that much. I'm not saying, I, I would say it's more valid than, like getting your photos printed in a magazine is definitely more valid than going to Instagram. But yeah. I think there's still a level from that time period uh, throughout history where there are varying levels of legitimacy yeah. to yeah. to your... Wow. <laughs> yeah. Reverse puberty for a moment. Yeah, there. hit puberty I mean, for the seventh time. So jumping off of that, like various levels of legitimacy, I even find there's photographs that like, I'll do a scan, I'll say... I think the scan is, I think the edit's done or whatever. And then I'll look at it on my phone three days later, take some time away from it, look at it on my phone and say, I don't like this image. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to post it somewhere. I thought I was going to do something with it. I'm not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a couple, three days later, I'll go by. I'll check it on my phone. Still don't like it. A couple, three days later, go by, check it on my phone. Maybe I'll check it on my iPad. Mm-hmm. Pull out my iPad. Oh my gosh, suddenly I really like this image. Just that little, what is it, 400% scale, mm-hmm. you know, just bigger yeah. is mm-hmm. just better for some of the, some of that stuff. So seeing it in a magazine is like, well, that's just better than a phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And seeing it, you know, on a four foot print is just better than mm-hmm. a magazine. Did you ever see those big, um, it's something to look up because it's kind of fascinating. I believe it was in Grand Central Station. Kodak used to have these big exhibitions where they would have, I mean, it was like an entire wall of an image that had been taken on Kodak film and it was like backlit and everything. Oh, that's cool. And so, um, I, would have to look back at what they were called because it's escaping me at the moment, but I know that at one point they had them stretching along a wall and it was just crazy big. That's really And it was a lot of National Geographic stuff or that type of work where it was, um, you know, a a crazy location or, but the, the end result was showing off Kodak film. Um, but like if you got something up there, you were, you were a legitimate photographer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have one zag. So Not a zig. Uh, it's a, it, <laughs> it's a big zig hmm. and it's a big zag. Mm-hmm. So kind of everything we're talking about is about, uh, it's kind of circling around this idea of how much time you're willing to give to a photograph mm-hmm. after it's been shot and processed and wherever it's going to live, how Mm. much time are you willing to give to that as a viewer? Mm -hmm. And on Instagram, it's a few seconds and then you scroll. Maybe it's in a scrapbook, a few seconds per image 
you know, maybe a minute for a story and then you flip the page, right? And then you're in a gallery and you're, you're really making people focus and you're kind of eliminating distractions, eliminating the possibility to move on quickly from photographs mm-hmm. so that people can really focus on that. And if it's a worthy photograph, then that time is worthwhile. However, it's not necessarily taking into account how important an, immig- uh, an image is. Mm-hmm. So take, for example, an image that is on like the front page of a website, a news article. Maybe it's just gotten really popular on Instagram or Reddit or whatever. And it's a photograph of some like current event. Mm. And maybe it was taken on an iPhone. And it doesn't have to live anywhere other than the Internet. Right. A small, you know, thumbnail on your phone or whatever. But it like tells the story that is important and where it lives is to get as many eyes as possible. Mm -hmm. And that is how it is elevated to its highest point. Mm -hmm. Say there's some like, you know, there's refugees that are are being mistreated somewhere. And it's like that story would not be um, in the public eye without compelling photography Mm -hmm. and like. Sure, maybe one day there would be an exhibition of like of that story, that event, that you know whatever is yeah. going on in that world yeah. at that time. Like that history will matter, but getting eyes on it as much as possible in the way that is most convenient for people is where that photograph ought to live. Yeah, that's my take on it. Right. So that's like the total opposite of printing a four uh, you know four foot image of of whatever and putting it in a gallery is like if you if you're goal is to get eyes on a picture that is important that is completely well, valid it, i think it depends on the type of photography as well if yeah. you're if you're if you're shooting something that's supposed to be looked at yeah like on a wall yeah i, I mean there's between that documentary like no this is important world news or uh important knowledge to have right now yeah that does influence it mm-hmm. i yeah. think for sure. Um, and so, yeah, that's a good point. I would also add something else to that. I feel like an important thing that we haven't talked too much about is permanence yeah. of that image. Mm. One of the reasons I think that, that Instagram is kind of looked at in a, I don't know, a, a demeaning way is because when you scroll past that image, it kind of loses its permanence. The yeah. idea of Instagram is not that... Because, you know, if you look at in a magazine at an image, you may not look at the image in that magazine much longer than you look at the Instagram image. Perhaps. However, the Instagram image, once you scroll past that, it's gone. Kind uh, of, yeah. for, for all intents and purposes. Like, right. in your feed, you aren't going to see the same image pop up again and again and again. Yeah. Um, unless yeah. the person's posting the same image multiple times, which a lot of people do. Um, it's a legitimate tactic, I suppose. But... The, the idea is that that image is fleeting on Instagram, whereas right. with other locations, you may only glance at it once, but if you come back to it later, it's still there. Yeah. If you if you reopen that book or you reopen that magazine, it is still there. And I, and I think that there are probably, it's probably one of those things, if you want to look at like the legitimacy of, and I'm using air quotes here, the legitimacy of the image um, there are lots of different factors to take into consideration, some of them being what you mentioned, some of them being the the quality of the image mm-hmm. to, you know, was it printed on uh, an, an incredibly high quality on a great photo paper or was it is it just being shown on a screen? And then also permanence, because I think something that maybe an art gallery doesn't offer that some other forms do is a permanence in that that gallery it's, it, it's yeah. up and then it's down yeah. and no one may ever see those images. It's again. something that can outlive you yeah. in some ways. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a book that fifty years down the line can still exist. Yes. Where the internet, I have no idea what where that will be in fifty years. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? In which case, I so the reason I bring that up is because. Some might say, oh, an art gallery is the epitome of photography. Like if you get your photo in an art gallery, I, I would say there are, there are arguments too that maybe in a book could be more legitimate than an art gallery because it has more of a, uh, the possibility of being a permanent fixture in someone's life. Or potentially yeah. broader appeal. Yeah. I mean, I've got photo books that sit on our coffee table, some in our guest room. And I know plenty of people pick those up and, and read. I mean, not that we have like thousands of guests coming and staying with us, but like, <laughs> you know, when family members come, they'll read some of those books. Yeah. And so there's there is a continuance of, of viewing in that yeah. respect from one printed image. Yeah. That multiple people will pick up and, and take. In a, a way, look at. it feels like too when you, when you get your stuff printed in a book, you're building onto a possible legacy yeah. of, of images yeah. that you've created. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of important as well. Yeah. Know? It's yeah. interesting. It's, there's like so many different facets to, to this topic as a whole. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah. I mean, do, do you guys get the majority of your pictures printed? I don't print majority of my pictures, but I do print a lot of them on mm-hmm. my little two by three mm. photo printer. Oh yeah. You're, and I, I, zines and all that. I, yeah, I just like staple them together and then that's like mm-hmm. kind of a proof of concept for a potential book and I love it. Yeah. And okay. sometimes four by sixes. And then I, I, you know, if I am giving a gift to my parents or whatever of, um, trip we went on, like there's this one, uh, thinking of, we went to Yosemite mm-hmm. and it, uh, there's Good a triptych. Yeah. There's a, there's a triptych <laughs> that I shot in black and white and printed and I am actually have not given to them yet. Hmm. Um, it's a gift that is forthcoming. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of those things that those images really sing mm-hmm. and a large triptych print is just really pretty. Yeah. I don't know why I'm in an office mode, but I was, there's the line that's probably one of the best lines in the office where Michael's talking about kids and he goes, oh yeah, I have a few of my own that I want someday. And it's such a good, line. it's such a good line. <laughs> and it makes me think about the fact that I had, so back when Apple had their photo printing, they're like picture book printing yeah mm-hmm. i had two or three books that were from my years of of visiting abandoned buildings and like researching them and so i'd have like yeah you know an entire section on on muncie indiana and like the and so i'd go through and like oh this abandoned factory was built in this year and mm-hmm. and you know that they had some struggles in the 60s and ended up going out of business in 1971 and then you know the it was half demolished but then the contractor decided not to demolish the rest so it's been sitting in this state of half decay anyway I've got a bunch of those. Well, then I never got them printed because I was in college at the time and to get the books printed in a high enough quality was like hundred some dollars. And I was yeah. like, I yeah. don't have that kind of money. Uh, and then Apple stopped um, doing the photo yeah. books. And so Dang. I still have them sitting digitally in PDF form yeah. on my computer. But it just made me think of, yeah, I've got a few of my own that I want someday. Yeah, it's a whole thing. I, I don't really, I don't, I don't print as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. It used to be I would send off rolls. Yeah. And when I got them developed, I would just get all of them back. Yeah. Printed. Small, but um, still. Small, but I would get them printed. Um, until I started developing my own. And I know this is a little off topic, but mm-hmm. with that, I then started only printing the ones that I thought deserved it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So that that kind of timeline of the unloved albums kind of has has cut off since and that shelves a bit empty but yeah. 
need to get back into it. I, I do. I want to get back into it, even if they're just small. But since mm-hmm. I began printing myself, it's like, ah, man, ink is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of, I don't know, builds up. And to have a smaller printer such as you, Daniel, that has got to be super nice. Yeah. I, I want something bigger. Yeah. But it's it's actually, it, it, it's a technology that I don't know that they do a whole lot of anymore. It's a super old Sony Mm-hmm. And it's inkless, so it's expensive paper. Oh, I gotcha. But they but don't you can even still make, get it. You actually, they actually don't make the paper anymore. I Wait, had to really? buy it off of eBay. Oh, and I bought like a, uh, I think it's like eleven bucks a box. The last time I checked, now I think it's like twenty. So when I bought it two years, like two or three years ago, I bought a bunch of boxes of it, mm-hmm. and it was eleven bucks a box, and now it's twenty. So it's, it's getting more limited. Jeez. But yeah, it's so it's print, it's 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 inkless. The actual, I don't put ink cartridges in the printer. So the actual prints themselves are like metallic and they have so much punch to them. I love them. It's funny how some of those things, like those pieces of technology, I mean, it's technology as a whole. That's just how it goes. But some of those things that were like revolutionary and last like a couple of years. Yeah. Like light scribe technology for CDs. You mm-hmm. guys ever use that? No, I'm I used I used to do. Oh wait, uh, it's where you flip. You'd take the disc. It was a light scribe disc. You would burn the disc. You'd flip it over, and the same laser that printed that like burned your disc would then burn the label into what? the top of your disc. Yeah, it was developed. By, I, I want to say it was like HP developed it. Uh, I used to do that all the time, like wedding, wedding when I was filming weddings and all of that. That's pretty cool. Though. Yeah, wow. it's pretty cool. Not color. It's not color. Sure. It's like a black and white or like a sepia tone type look. Um, but it's, it was, yeah, you would take it and you would just flip it over and then it would burn the label and you could do pictures. And so it's not just text or stuff like that. You know, it was, Hmm. it was actually kind of cool in that respect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that technology didn't last very long and partly because it was introduced toward the end of discs. And so like some, suddenly people stopped burning discs. So yeah. 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 Interesting. And then people Mm -hmm. took those light scribe, uh, diodes, the laser diodes and Mm -hmm. they made weapons out of them something like that yeah no i've still got probably a hundred light scribe discs i don't i had I don't really have anything that can burn light scribe discs anymore but like they're i mean the the base of the disc is like a typical cd or dvd so yeah um so it, brandon if you could set a, a goal for yourself and cody this i'll ask the same question to you set a goal for yourself moving forward with printing is there something that you would like to do either more of or just like I would like to start this habit or something that you're looking forward to in the next coming years or months I would like to so I've I've found myself one of the reasons I don't print so much is because I find myself with a lot of clutter that I'm trying to avoid as as much as I have probably too many cameras and things like that there are some things where I'm I I want simplicity Mm -hmm. and I've already got boxes full of negatives right and so I don't want to have just miscellaneous boxes full of pictures that aren't sorted in a way. And I just don't have the time to sort them. Right. Um, and so I want to print minimally, but intentionally. Right. That would be my thing. Okay. So I want to make sure I want to get larger prints, whether that's eight by 10 or bigger than that, but do them with pictures that I love, sort those few and, and have those. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd kind of be my thing. Cody? Yeah, no, I, I think for myself, uh, it's more about getting images printed into some kind of other form factor like than just, just like a singular image, something mm-hmm. like a book form. Yeah. Or uh, maybe as big as I can get it on a wall kind of thing. And experimentation around with that I think is something that I want, I really want to do. 
and I have never really given myself the chance to do it. Right. Um, Given it a fair shake. Yeah, because, I mean, you have so many things else going on in the world. It's kind of hard to keep up sometimes. But I would say that more than anything, it's it's that. It's it's putting my work into something that I think will have that that legacy or, or something that will have that that timeless quality to mm-hmm. it. Um, rather than just looking at a digital image. I, yeah. So I, I would say printing, getting more into printing. Yeah. Okay. Um, but in different forms. After you answer, Daniel, I've got another question. Okay. So So mine completely came like my, my new goal for myself came up during this discussion um my old goal for myself is still very valid so i want to either have a a gallery exhibition somewhere like a small little you know local art gallery exhibition with a few images or a book or both um Mm -hmm. within like before you know too long um, again, my goal was 2020, but at this point, uh, I'm not sure if that's still possible. I'm still trying, but, um, now my, my goal is to, uh, start getting some of those like little, uh, um, what's it called? It's little scrapbooks, oh, yeah. little photo books where I can pop in my two by threes and my four by sixes mm-hmm. and start previewing my books so I can mm. make that next step. Yeah. I have these bodies of work that are floating around and they're kind of, in limbo because I don't know what to add and what 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 does the work still need? It's hard to really wrap your mind around the body of work when it's either just in digital form or you just have prints. There's not that intermediary step. So doing that is going to be huge for me. I'm mm-hmm. I'm probably going to go do that uh, the next like week or so. Nice, yeah. nice. So my question would be: It's a little bit off topic, but it connects, and I feel like there aren't too many other opportunities where it really just fits. Sure. Um, how does your shooting style? differ based on what you know the end result is going to be oh very much and in which ways okay so so i when i'm lining up a shot if i mean like i can kind of read the situation very fairly early Mm -hmm. if i'm going on a photo walk with some with a friend or two i pretty much know that those photos aren't going to live in a larger body of work probably they might i might come across a car that's going into a series that i'm doing and i'm like you know what this is going into another mm-hmm. thing and hopefully i have the right camera and the right film but um typically those images are meant to stand on their own and if they're meant to stand on their own they're going to go online mm-hmm. if i'm going out with the intent of adding to a series i mean i'm shooting it much much more carefully um, I'm probably going out with an ex- like the exact kit that I know is going to be the one that's you know it's, it fits with everything else that I'm shooting. So I'm going out with the same camera, the same film stock, the same lens so that everything meshes. Um, I mean, it's it's completely different. It's mm-hmm. almost like a like a, a an on and off switch yeah. between I'm shooting for a series and I'm shooting for individual Instagram images yep. or Reddit images. Absolutely, it's, it's almost that mm-hmm. much. And th- there is some crosstalk and some blending going on, but not much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, mine would be very similar because it's um, it, it's also why I choose to shoot 35 versus medium format. Yeah. If yeah. I'm if I'm shooting something that I in a location where I know like some of these pictures are probably going to be at the very least it'll be on you know a big IMAX screen as my background or on a on a more substantial level on you know uh, a large print in our house then I'm going to be shooting with medium format with a you know hundred ISO film. And something that's, you know, low grain and all of that for clarity. 
if I'm if I'm shooting for Instagram or shooting for more of like just personal uh, moments, then I'm shooting with like a, a an Ultramax 400, sure. something that's a little bit cheaper, not too crazy on color, but like just has a little bit more character to it, but maybe isn't quite as professional. And then, yeah. you know, and then there are varying degrees within that. I mean, you know, all my Mamiya has clearer pictures than my Bronica does, but. Uh, and you know I have multiple 35 mil cameras with different types of lenses and like like all things considered my Leica does not have the clearest lens that I've got because it's an old Canon LTM lens that I use on that and it flares out the wazoo and has so much character mm-hmm. but it's not sharp yeah um, so stuff like that I'll use for just very personal things yeah. but kind of a continuum because you get like a super super sharp lens on a 35 mm-hmm. mil camera it might go toe to toe with a fairly Possibly, old vintage yeah. lens on a medium format yeah. camera. Mm-hmm. So that's, it is kind of a continuum. Yeah, and like it depends that. on your stock too. Right. So, yeah, I, th- I think I'm in the same kind of boat as Daniel. I think that if I'm shooting with a group, if we're going out on a photo walk or something, I'm definitely have a different mindset, but you know, with shooting a series, I, I don't know if I, I spend enough time doing that on my own, but the thing that I do more often than not is I'm just taking photos and I feel like I, I've never had like this absolute end goal for something. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's always, it's just the, the, if I can get a story out of this particular image, then I'm going to shoot it. Right. There was a, the shot of you in, in the road just the other day. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. With the trash along the side. That, that, that was something where it's, it's like, it's not supposed to live in a series. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed, it's not supposed to just be a photo that gets thrown away or tossed to the wayside. Yeah. Rather, it's one singular image that can I can share one whole story in. Yeah. I think that, to me, is more valuable than shooting a collection. So I, I would say that was why I, I don't necessarily tend to lean more towards those series-type yeah. style images. is because the photographs that I want to shoot are, are the ones that I can tell the whole story in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I would say too, on my end, like it, I've realized over time, so I've been shooting a lot more Ultramax and stuff like mm-hmm. that, some of the cheaper stocks. And I've realized that over, over time that a large reason for that is because the vast majority of the photos that I take are just for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know. I take Such a good point. I take a lot of photos, but in the end, um, I post to Instagram maybe three times a month. Like I am not a, a frequent Instagram poster. Mm-hmm. That's just not what really drives me. Mm-hmm. Um, I post some cool things here and there to stay active and you know to keep things going on on the, that vintage lens one. But um, by and large, it, it's not what drives me. And so a lot of times, the end result for my photos is that they live somewhere, and then a couple years down the road, I'm like, oh, I remember when we went to Ireland. Let mm-hmm. me look at those photos again, yeah. and I'll pull those up and flip through some. And but they're. I don't mean to cut you off, but there is something so fun about shooting a series. Yeah. Yeah. There is. Because it's like, no, I'm doing this for a cause, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're that that's something you can't necessarily get when you're just shooting on a whim. Yeah. Right. And so. Well, it's also incredibly engaging. Mm -hmm. Thinking about that's one of the things that brings me to the series and the books and everything like that is because. It melds the worlds of my 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 work life and kind of my like fun photography life. Mm-hmm. Is that like okay? If I'm trying to complete the whole the whole story, mm-hmm. what do I need? I need what details. pieces are missing? Yeah. I need wides. 
I need all these things and my mind starts just like working the gears start turning and that mm. is such a good feeling which I feel like is one benefit that we have and that we are really in the end uh, photography shares so much with video if yeah. you're doing it right you know each of your video shots should be like a still image in terms of you know the composition and the the styling and all that the light um the, the light the, the techniques that you're using and so really what it comes down to we are used to creating we are used to creating collages and stories in our mind yeah. for video and so it translates so well to taking series of photos yeah mm. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. You get if you get really, really used to taking good images that stand, you know, as beautiful compositions and beautiful light on their own. Mm -hmm. When you transition that to video, it's going to be just as good, Uh if not better. They elevate each other. Extra motion. Yeah, they totally elevate each other. Cool. So yeah, I I oftentimes find I shoot. I do shoot some details. Yeah. Yeah. Not even not not even thinking about it. Yeah. Um, Just as kind of like a a one-two kind of punch yeah. a one-two punch you know what i mean yeah a diptych or a triptych i don't know if yeah. diptych is actually a proper photography term i don't know but triptych is yeah. so we'll say that yeah we'll <laughs> go with that sure mm-hmm. anything else before we end i think we've covered a lot we, it's a, yeah. like everything else it there's a yeah. it's a big can of worms yeah and i think we I feel like every fair t- shake. At one, I feel like all of our topics we're gonna have to revisit in like a couple years, yeah, and just start mm. from square one with everything because I feel like, yeah. n- granted, film photography may not be f- uh, changing as much as it used to in some respects, but I think it's changing faster in other respects. Yeah, um, the way the reason people are taking f- photographs on film has changed in some ways. There's a vast. Uh, there are a tremendous amount of brand new film photographers. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of us are under the age of 30 right here. Um, Andy's a little bit older, but all of us are under the age of 50. Um, and so it's, you know, it's something that is constantly morphing with the times as well. So, yeah. um, and there's a lot to unpack with every topic. Yeah. I love this topic. So though. this one this yeah. one's fun. And yeah. thanks for bringing this up because it yeah. was a good, good topic to, yeah. so, so be sure to follow us on Instagram at that vintage lens.com after, or at that vintage lens after we just kind of trashed Instagram in some ways, but it, <laughs> Instagram has its place. Instagram has its place, yes, especially absolutely. for discovering new things. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like listening to Spotify versus vinyl. They have their sure. place. Sure. Um, and so be sure to follow us there. Be sure to uh, uh, share the podcast with someone. Um, we're on just about every platform now. So if you can't find us, let us know and we'll try to get on that platform too. Um, and be sure to check us out at that, thatvintagelens.com. Uh, we've got blog posts up there, which actually get a lot more traction than our than our podcast. So it might be something interesting to read. Um, and we've got pictures up there. It's kind of our, our media hub, I would say. If you want to find out about who we are, go to thatvintagelens.com. Check out everything we got there. And thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah.